Hello everybody and welcome to The Room, the podcast brought to you by LFC Transfer Room. I'm Richie and I'll be one of your hosts, along with Alex and Rigo, my co-hosts. Although there was no football this weekend due to the sad passing of Queen Elizabeth II, we still have a packed podcast for you all. Alex, starting with you, how have you been? Very busy today, um, moving most of my stuff into my uni accommodation, so I'm a bit knackered to be honest, but... I mean, we deserved to break off football after the the thump and we got midweek. So, if, if anything, that I guess that's one positive to take. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll get on to the Napoli game and the interesting comments that Jurgen Klopp uh, gave afterwards as well. But Rigo, how are you? Uh, doing pretty well, uh, thankfully. Uh, I'm quite happy actually that the match got postponed, and uh, hopefully, the Chelsea match next week as well. Uh, just to give us a little bit more time. But uh, having a good weekend so far. Here in the States, uh, American football kicked off this weekend as well. So uh, uh, at least I had that to fill in the time. Yes. Uh, I, I mean, like, I, I think next weekend is going to be very interesting. At the moment of recording, it's Sunday night. We're not too sure what's happening, but hopefully we can have some football next weekend. And uh, whether that is at Stamford Bridge or at Anfield, hopefully we'll be able to dish out the first loss for Graham Potter's reign over Chelsea. Um, On to the LFC transfer room roundup. So, our transfer roundup for you today starts with Liverpool continue their pursuit for PSV midfielder Ibrahim Sanagre as they try to fend off interest from Manchester United. And that is from various reports, but mainly from Calcio Merco uh, via the Daily Express. Liverpool midfielder Naby Keita is ahead of schedule in his recovery from his hamstring injury, according to the Guinean manager, uh, Ghanaian manager, Kaba Diawa. And uh, we know what, you know, we know the Guinean team isn't necessarily, they're not They're not one to uh, just let Naby Keita rest. They'll throw him straight in, whether he can walk or not. Interesting claim, really, considering he was injured and uh, Jurgen Klopp said it was a very serious injury. So we'll see how that international break goes. Liverpool are thought, speaking about Naby Keita, to be keen on giving Naby a new contract. And that is from the Daily Mirror. The Athletic reported that a day before the transfer deadline day, Benfica tried to sign Nat Phillips on a season-long loan. And whilst the offer was attractive financially, Liverpool had decided to keep the Bolton Baresi until January. Liverpool's latest signing, Artur, has reportedly agreed on a potential contract with the Reds in case they do activate his option to buy clause in his loan contract. And finally... Jurgen Klopp had many calls with now Real Madrid man Aurelio Chalmini before his move to Spain, hinting that Klopp's dream scenario was the Chalmini-Bellingham swoop for next season, possibly hinting at two further additions to Liverpool's midfield in the upcoming windows. But watch this space, it is very much needed. We will see what happens there. But that is the transfer roundup. I'm going to start with you, Rigo. Is there anything uh, at all in there that, that caught your eye and you know, anything that you feel might have legs? Uh, definitely those uh, Ibrahim Sangara links are, are definitely a good thing to hear about. Uh, he's something that, uh, you know, compares very favorably to to our number one target over the summer, Aurelian Chalmany. So uh, to hear that we're reviving those links and that would be a possibility for January would be, uh, I'd be over the moon if we were to bring him in. I think it's definitely a player who provides what we were missing in the midfield someone who can play defensively can also um, you know dribble and, and and carry carry on play and make the pass so uh, I think that would be terrific if we were to bring him in in January so that one I hope does have legs and at the stroke of midnight on uh, 
December 31st into January 1st, we have that deal locked in and bring him on in. Absolutely. He's um, he's just signed a new contract, actually, but there is a, a release clause, a rumour to be around about £32 million in there, which, you know, in today's market might be a snip in the ocean if you are going to get a player that, you know, people think that he he can reach. Um, Alex, over to you. Anything in there that you would like to add? I think this Navicator situation is a bit of a mess now, isn't it? Um, you, you don't get left out the Champions League squad, and albeit it's uh, you know it's a smaller time frame due to the World Cup, but you've got to have some sort of sin- serious injury considering our midfield situation at the minute to not make the squad at all, and then to be selected for international duty, and then apparently he's getting a new deal. There's a lot of mixed signals I think floating about at the minute in terms of him, so. I think his future is definitely up in the air, and I'll second Rigo on the on the Ibrahim Sangare rumours of we were to get him. It'd be a, it'd be a great coup. I think hopefully that new deal was just so they get the right the right payment for him um, when when they do sell up because there was a lot of interest there this summer. But yeah, a big a big you know holding midfielder who's also deceptively mobile as well. He's got he's got great feet every time I've watched him and looked into him. So that would be something I'd be all in for as well. Yeah, it's interesting, especially since uh, the Chow Money bid is, is now quite famously been failed. Um, it, it certainly looks like there, there will be at least, and needs to be at least two more additions to that Liverpool midfield pretty sharpish, hopefully in January, if I'm honest, um, because it, you know, recent performances alluded to the fact that we need certainly more than one midfielder. Not, I mean, we've not seen Artur yet. Um, I think he's probably this. You know, this break is going to be good for him, especially because hopefully he can get a little bit more up to speed too. Speaking about, you know, the the previous couple of games, it does feel like a very, very long time since Liverpool last won a game. Jurgen Klopp had some extremely interesting comments following the Napoli loss. And, you know, I, I think all of us perhaps were tempted to switch the telly off as soon as, soon as it hit three. I know I certainly was. Um Rigo, t- tell us about these Klopp post comments because it's it's not like Klopp to perhaps look inward so quickly and uh, and say actually perhaps we do need to change up what we do. Yeah, definitely some quite interesting comments post match. Uh, a couple of the snippets that I like to, to to choose here uh, that definitely caught our ear are we have to kind of reinvent ourselves because the basic things were not there. If you're not playing exceptionally well. You can still defend on a really high level. We should, we should be able to do that, and I, I think that that definitely perks up our ears, uh, at least in, in my opinion, because we've kind of seen, uh, we've been trying the same tactics all season, uh, all season through, and uh, with the players that aren't capable at this moment of completing those tactics. So, I definitely, uh, definitely be interested to see what what we can, uh, what we'll see in our next match moving forward against Ajax. But uh, I'd like to hear your thoughts as well uh, on those comments. Do you know what's really interesting is Jurgen Klopp just compounds everything that Ali Allison said when he said teams know how to play against us, and he said that this season too. And it just seems that, yes, like the heavy metal football and then, you know, the gang impression style of football, Liverpool played it for six years. So, of course, teams are going to know. We've always played a 4-3-3. There's very little differentiation around how we play. I don't think the midfield at, at the moment, the likes of Milner and Henderson, can play that high press. I think, actually, if we look at our midfield, Harvey Elliott is perhaps our best midfielder of this season, you know, as a 19-year-old, probably because he's got the legs to do it. You know, and uh, we've we've said on the podcast before that 
it's not really Henderson or Milner's responsibility or they wouldn't have thought it would be to be playing 90 minutes consistently, but because of the injury situation, it's going to have to be. I mean, Alex, what did you think about the uh, the post-match comments or, or any sort of comments really that has alluded to Liverpool's style of play? Do we need to evolve? Where to start, really? I think the high line is the main criticism, isn't it? And you saw that being Napoli. And I don't think it's ever been as prominent as that from the off. Um, Osman in behind. The penalty come from a high line. You know, it's an easy criticism to make because you have to push players forward because, like like Alisson said, teams know how to play. They're going to play the low block and they're going to try and stop us from creating. And you have to try and squeeze the whole team up the pitch. But at the same time, it leaves you so exposed to, to a counter-attack. And that was so evident um, midweek. So I think maybe... That's something that needs to be looked into because, you know, you know, we keep getting hit with it and we're moaning about it game after game and nothing's really changing from it. The players aren't, you know, I'd say they are capable, but in terms of form, you know, they're not showing that they are. We know they can play it, but at the minute, over the last, over this season, they haven't put in the performance levels to show that they can. So for me, I think perhaps he may be hinting at that. How, how we structure ourselves in terms in terms of setup and formation and how high we are. It's it's odd because we've we've criticized the midfield, you know, several times. Well not criticized, but we've said that's obviously our weak spot, especially with the injuries. Um I think on Liverpool's best day you probably play Fabino, Thiago and, and now Harvey Elliott. I think that's Liverpool's best midfield and it's a relatively strong midfield. It's pretty strong. The issue with the high line is that the midfield has to press. Now, if the midfield doesn't press, like we're not really doing against Napoli, then you've got those midfielders who've got all the time in the world to pick a ball over the top to someone like, you know, a Marcus Rashford, like we saw against Manchester United, who's going to have Joe Gomez on toast nine times out of 10 in a sprint. And that's exactly what happened. And it happened against Napoli, you know. So we've we've seen it a lot. And I think people are now becoming a little bit frustrated with the way in which Jurgen Klopp plays this system do you think perhaps Alex that Klopp needs to I'm not saying that he needs to evolve and I'm certainly not you know one of these uh I'll, I'll be kind one of these muppets and, and saying hashtag Klopp out because I think it's ludicrous um but I think Klopp does have to look inward here perhaps and say okay well sometimes when we don't have these players we perhaps do need to change the way in which we play I mean, does Klopp need to evolve this Liverpool side further if we are hampered with injuries like we are at the moment or things aren't going well at the moment, Alex? What do you think? I think there's definitely another sort of, you know, evolution of style that we could go to. What that is, I'm not too sure of. But at the minute, in terms of our current situation, I think it's about catering. I think it's about catering to the strengths of the individuals that you've got because there is some really good individuals in our team. And to be fair, he's done that over the course of the last few years. He's catered to the ability of Trent and Robertson and their delivery, and he's, he, you know, he got great, um, got great respect for that. And all all the re- revolutionary things he's done for the game for fullbacks, you know, he he can pick out stuff to do with catering to people's talents and abilities. And I think maybe it's just time to to look for something else and. It, it's more so the weak, the weak points, you know, Henderson and Milner, the, the, like you said, they can't press. So cater to that, cater to what you've got available perhaps. And, you know, who who am I really to question the manager's tactics? But it it is becoming painfully obvious. I always feel that, like, if anyone ever criticised Klopp, I'm like, 
hang on, he's the manager. He's won us the European trophies. He's won us everything. Everything there is to win in English football, he's won. And I think, yes, you can, you can question the manager. And it's always difficult to question the manager because he's the one who brought the Premier League back. He's the one who changed Liverpool Football Club. Until my dying day, I'll say it's the best thing to happen to Liverpool Football Club in the past, you know, 20, 30 years. But there does seem to be a little bit of stubbornness on his part too. I mean, Rigo, what are your thoughts? Uh, definitely. Uh, and, and, and it's quite quite frustrating unfortunately when when you when you turn on the match and, and you see the exact same uh tactics we're trying to beat teams with and unfortunately uh, while they have worked in the past we don't we we haven't had the resources this season to to pull those through uh you see teams just dribbling right through our midfield and and as you mentioned uh, just picking out that pass and and unfortunately we're instead of setting up our players to be in the best position for success i feel we're kind of setting them up for failure and and it's quite unfortunate uh henderson milner uh gomez um a couple of other players are taking the wrath of these fans and unfortunately it's it's due to injuries and also being being put in a position tactically where they're just going to be exposed uh milner on uh, as a right back anyone uh, I, I could run by him at this point, I, I believe so, at least, you know, with a head start, you know, and, and that's quite unfortunate uh, to have that opinion that we shouldn't we shouldn't be using him in that position. And and uh, the midweek uh, match against Napoli is just uh, I was just uh, over it. Unfortunately, we, we right off the onset, we 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 the same and almost had that goal right off the bat. And it's like we didn't learn. We didn't adjust. We didn't do anything to. To kind of mitigate those dangerous situations, and hopefully uh, with this break we can put in some some count uh, some counters in there to to kind of mitigate the 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 just the 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 breaking points that we have currently with the squad, and hopefully Tiago, as we saw in the Napoli game, what a world of difference he made. It, it felt like this team actually knew how to play uh, football, and throughout this throughout the time that he was missing, we were just totally disconnected. You actually saw a counter press, as uh, Klopp alluded to in the press conference, and and that that unfortunately it's quite sad. We should be prepared to to have people uh, available to take to take on any role uh, with a club of this stature. But if not, the manager should be uh, adaptable to kind of put these players in the best position possible. And I feel like we're not really doing that at the moment. So I alluded to earlier, obviously uh, Ibrahim Sangare. And I also alluded to the fact that we play Chelsea next, and and that's obviously it should be their first game, you know, under the Potter era, which might free up one Moises Caicedo from Brighton. We know that there's been rumours, there's been links, etc. Um, you know, is is a Sangare or Caicedo a January transfer that could perhaps, you know, completely transform Liverpool in the way in which they play? Is is that a signing that? you know, Liverpool might have to make, even if it means perhaps having a lower transfer fee in the summer. Um, Alex, I'll go to you first. I think in terms of transforming us, it's going to take a few a few signings. I think this squad needs refreshment, you know, in, in multiple positions. The midfield is, you know, the one that is, it's, it's, it's in plain sight, you know, that clearly needs investment. Um Honestly, I'll take either of them in January. Um, it's a bit, maybe a bit of a pipe dream because I can't really see it happening. But I would definitely take either of them. I think they'd both be an upgrade for what we've got at the minute. But 
I think you'd have to get one and then you'd have to go shopping for another again in the summer because I don't think one would would fix what's going on at the minute, to be honest with you. Definitely. Uh, one one at minimum is needed in January. Of, of course, we, we brought in Arthur uh, at, at the, right at the whistle, uh, at the closing bell there, the transfer window, and hopefully he pans out and works out and uh, make, shows himself valuable enough that we do uh, – you know, take 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 over that purchase option from Juventus, but a uh, minimum of one this uh, this upcoming January window. We can't we can't go to battle in the Champions League or uh, or even top four for the Premier League if if we don't bring somebody in. In my opinion, we can't count on Henderson or Milner to give us very important minutes, and definitely can't count on Elliot or Carvalho to play those high pressure minutes. We should be bringing them off the bench and using them as a change of pace as opposed to counting on them so much. Uh, our errors defensively, I think, are just compounded because Elliot, unfortunately, he isn't a defensive stalwart, and whoever he's been partnered up in the midfield has lacked the athleticism to kind of cover for him. So even he's being singled out now currently in articles as well. So if we were to bring in a Caicedo uh, or a Sangare, I think that definitely would shore up our midfield and allow us to take control of those matches and intermingle our, our our varying options to the best of their abilities and to the point where we can actually be a little bit more unpredictable and uh and, and it's not something that isn't obvious to everyone allison's calling it out and cop is calling it out now we do kind of need to reinvent ourselves and attack teams in different ways at this point i think a lot of it you know a lot, we, we're a little bit doom and gloom i think a lot of it was obviously now down to you know the midfield crisis and Darwin Nunez obviously was a massive, like that headbutt was a good headbutt, but that headbutt was just something that, you know, nobody could plan for. And and three games suspended, which they perhaps three games that we thought we would have won, if I'm completely honest, and perhaps should have won on paper, um, including the Palace game itself. The way in which Liverpool play, though, and the, you know, Klopp with Nunez is... Salah and Diaz, they they stay on those wings now. They don't cut in like they used to when Bobby was there. Let's say it was Mane instead of Diaz. Um, they don't cut in anymore. They don't find those spaces in the box because it feels like Liverpool cater for a target man and they cater for a Darwin Nunez, which is, is fine because he's going to be the focal point of our attack. Hopefully he's going to be the 30-goal-a-season man that we've all wanted. But when he doesn't play, it feels like Diaz, who is at the moment Liverpool's best goal threat, and Salah, who is... Liverpool's best goal threat in the past five years, they still stay out on those flanks. Now, for me, it's quite frustrating because you think, well, they're the only ones who's going to get the goals here. And, and that's not me being disrespectful to Bobby Firmino, but goals were never his game. Goals were creating the space so the likes of Salah and Mane can find those pockets. Again, it comes back to, okay, well, you know, Nunez isn't playing. He's not going to get the goals. He's not going to be the target man. Surely we we can't play football with Diaz and Salah still getting chalk on their boots because they're so wide. I mean, Alex, does it is it just glaringly obvious to Liverpool fans, but it's not necessarily glaringly obvious to to anybody else? Is it just the way in which that Liverpool now set up? Are they just going to stick out wide because they've got three goal threats from Salah occasionally cutting in, Diaz occasionally cutting in? I mean, what is it in that attack? Because you know, I, I don't buy that Salah's got a new contract, so he doesn't care. I don't buy that at mm -hmm. all. But we're certainly struggling in some aspect of attack as well. I don't know that everything comes from the midfield, 
but it looks like we're still snatching at chances and Diaz is perhaps looking the most composed out of everybody in the attack. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good observation because Diaz has shown in glimpses that he can cut in well and score. You know, we've done it against Palace uh, spectacularly. Um, Salah, he, he goes, he, he doesn't go missing in games, but because he's so wide and when when he gets isolated that wide, sometimes you barely even know, like against Everton, you barely even notice he's on the pitch. He doesn't have much to do. Being wide, if the game's made narrow, then obviously, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to work out that they are going to get much of the ball and be able to do much with it. Um, I, I think this idea of players being limited by the roles, though, is it's a consistent one in Liverpool, I think. Because the midfield as well is so industrial. I feel like players like Jones in the past maybe suffer from that, you know, the free it, it's a cog in a machine you you have to do the work for everything else to you know to work so i think this idea of roles limiting players to the best abilities it's not just one with the wingers even though that's the one that that's painfully obvious again but it, it it's in a few other positions as well i think that's something that as well should probably be looked into you look at uh, you mentioned that i think genie wijnaldum as great as he was for liverpool He's an absolute goal-scoring machine for Holland because obviously, you know, in the Netherlands squad, he can, he can roam, but he was, you know, almost that, you know, the presser and he was the transition maker, but he could score goals. But we never saw that genie for Liverpool, really, because he wasn't allowed to, to do that. Um, I think Thiago is perhaps the only person in the whole of the Liverpool squad who actually has free reign to do what he does because you can't control a player like Thiago. You just have to let him go free. Um you know, it's it, this is not, by the way, us saying how Liverpool should play. I think all we're doing is at the moment just like venting all everyone's concerns or everyone's perhaps um, observations that that's happening with Liverpool Football Club at the moment. Because under the Klopp era, you know, I know that we had a bad bad spell a couple of seasons ago, but it does feel like something just needs to there needs to be a catalyst really to energize our season. And we thought it'd be the Bournemouth 9-0, and it wasn't, you know? And it just feels like, come on, we've got this amazing team. And yes, the midfield are tired. And yes, we played 67 ridiculous games last season. We were two away, two games away from winning an unprecedented quadruple. But that was last season. I mean, Rigo, any final observations before we wrap it up? Yeah, I think uh, our troubles uh, on the attacking end are... Can can be pointed out in a couple of things. I think Trent, Trent Alexander-Arnold's role has shifted now. He's not making those overlapping runs anymore. You see him drifting centrally a lot more. And that kind of opens up that right side, of, unfortunately for us, on the defensive end in, during, in transitions. I also feel like Salah is, is perhaps leaving a little bit too much room for Elliot to kind of operate in. And, and that's also contributing into our, us looking a little bit disjointed on, on the offensive end. Uh, pointing the uh, our failures to or, or our style of play to Nunez, for example, we were missing him for three games. And and as you as you did say before, we we still had Diaz and Salah way too isolated on 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 the sidelines as opposed to drifting centrally and being more of that goal threat. Salah is having his lowest shots on goal per 90 since he's moved over to 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 liverpool and and unfortunately for uh a ballon d'or uh annual contender that's that's unspeakable you need him uh, he, he he's a he's he's uh he needs to get those shot ups like steph curry in order to to succeed you need to you know give yourself as many chances as possible and unfortunately i feel like we're not doing that and you know it's, it's just a, a 
too many things to point out at and and as you mentioned it, it is a little bit frustrating and it is kind of us venting here I, I i fully believe in klopp i know he can figure this out and i think uh, a lot of it has to do with injuries missing nunez for three games horrendous because we it absolutely left us with no attacking threat off the bench because jota was missing as well so it's just a whole uh, it's a whole bunch of different factors that's contributing to us looking looking pretty 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 bad and pretty pathetic and all those uh, fans of the other squads are having the time of their life now, but uh, I fully believe we'll come out on top, and especially if we make a transfer in January. All eyes on January. Interesting what you say very quickly before we wrap up about Trent. He can't make the overlapping runs because the players are playing too wide, it seems. So, yeah, you know, again, maybe a, maybe a tactical tweak in there too. Um, listen, Jürgen, if you listen, I know that you listen to the podcast. We love you. Uh, you can do no wrong in our eyes. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those that, you know, this is sport, you're going to have your ups and downs. Um, I'm sure that Jürgen and the guys will, will make sure that it gets right soon because Liverpool still win in the league. I don't care what anyone says. This has been the LFC Transfer Room podcast, The Room, the podcast brought to you by LFC Transfer Room. I've been Richie, Alex and Rigo. As always, I know it's been a little bit sad, but as always, up the Reds, we love you so much. Take care, everybody. Stay safe. And we'll get back to our winning way soon. Bye-bye.